My name is Cheyenne, and today on A Closer Look to Dateline, we will be discussing the episode called Unbreakable, which is about a young woman called Rebecca Muser and her life in the church society called FDLS. Rebecca and her sister helped put a stop to the society and the abuse that was happening. From where we left off yesterday, um, the second part uh, begins with how Warren Jeffs and Rebecca Muser had a interact the conversation and he basically was doing Rebecca because she didn't want to have sex with her husband who was the 85-year-old prophet and he evidently uses scripture on her and like orders orders her that she has to obey, she has to have complete and utter obedience to him and that she doesn't like damnation it's all that fun stuff but she gets yelled at essentially from her son now because she married Warren and I'm Warren and then she married Rulon so Warren is now her son so she's getting scolded by her son um Oh, she is also, Warren also scolds her that, like, even if you aren't married to the prophet like she is, you still are supposed to obey, but since she is married to the prophet, the only prophet, the one who will bring back Jesus and see him come back to earth and that he's immortal, she has to obey him, like, 100%, like, there's no not obeying him. So she, even if she wasn't married to him, she should obey her husband, but since she's married to the prophet, she really has to obey him. And that, and then, um, and this whole thing, Warren goes, if you don't obey him, you won't be able to go with us, and that he threatens her at the end of it, going, you should never, ever, ever do that again. Yeah, she says, um, Rebecca says in the interview that they're doing right now that you should never, ever, ever, ever say no to your husband again. And if you do, you will be destroyed in the flesh. Her son, now son, said that to her because she said no to having sex with an 85-year-old man. I mean, wow, but since he is the prophet, that's a whole nother issue for Rebecca. So then it just pans off of her and goes, talks, it talks about, um, how it just repeats, um, destroying the flesh and then it kind of does foreshadow of maybe not Rebecca, but somebody else. Ooh. And then it goes to a commercial break. <laughs> um, it also, after it comes back from uh, a commercial break, they talk about uh, how Rebecca has a little sister and it pans on the little sister and then she says that she 
finally said yes with tears streaming on her face, but it didn't say what she said yes to, so I'm going to be assuming she either said yes to marrying someone or saying yes to doing something she doesn't want to do. One of those two. After the commercial break, it goes into um, saying that Rebecca found other ways how to keep her 85-year-old husband at bay sexually, and then it pans onto the other um, 20 wives, I mean 18 wives, and then it goes, and she had lots of help in that department. I thought that was kind of funny. And then it goes on to talking about um, it talks about, oh, it talks about how, like, Rulon predicted the end game, not the game, the end of time, and he started marrying more and more women, young women, to ensure their salvation. That's what Rulon would tell them when they married. By the time he was 90, 75 to 90, five years later, he had over 60 wives, I think. I'd say 60? How many wives? Oh, wow. He had, oh. He had 60 wives. Wow, the prophet had over 60 wives and had over 60 children. Wow. That is a lot of people. So, three years into Rebecca's marriage, um, the prophet suffered a huge stroke. And Rebecca was actually in the room with him. And she describes it as, he was talking and then he just slumped over. He didn't wake up and they call the ambulance. And then, as a man who should not be able to die because he's immortal, because he's like, he's the messenger to Jesus, he's not supposed to die. Him suffering a very human like incident, aka a stroke at 90 something, kind of contradicts his whole entire i'm immortal like i can't die but yeah he just was talking slumped over in a chair did not wake up like all that ambulance to put him in the hospital that must have been yikes very big stroke he survived wow so he had a stroke he survived it Surprisingly, he survived it, and then when he woke up, he couldn't remember any of his 60 wife's name. He just named them all Sweetie. And then his son, Warren, he issued a order that no one should know about this. Uh, the prophet is fine, so he basically kept everyone 
as you can see. And, um, he, yeah, he kept everything secret. He kept everything from the people. And then Warren lied to everyone and went, the prophet's fine, he just needs rests. But yet, he suffered a massive stroke. I don't know. You need more than just rest. But, so Warren lies to the society and goes, you know what, he's fine. When he was not fine. So then, just to prove how well Rulon was, he married more and more and more people. So, and then it said that he had 65 wives now. Ha, the sign of a very healthy prophet. And then it goes on to um, this guy, I think is a journalist? Nope. He is a investigator, private investigator, who writes about, oh wow, he writes about the church, like he investigates them and writes about, because he wants to be, he wants to expose the society, his name is Sam Bowers. He, so Bowers doesn't care about the 85, oh no, 90 year old now, with 65 wives, no, he doesn't care about the prophet. He only cares about Warren Jeff. That's interesting. So then it goes into Sam Bowers talking about how when um, Rulon was dying, essentially, just he was at his end very soon. Um, Warren took that as um, an advantage and then he wormed his way into the top spot but yet Rulon was still dying at the top so like you know <laughs> most common family stuff and then it goes on to um, how Warren really like used his dad's death like dying breaths he um, appointed himself like his father's like messenger because his father didn't want to like do anything else he didn't want to talk because mainly he was dying so he couldn't so Warren lied and said that I am now the mouthpiece to my father so I give you messages that he helps me but in all honesty Warren was just lying to them again the society and said that Salt Lake City is going to be destroyed, destroyed in the second coming of Jesus and that it's a wicked city and no one should be there. So this causes everyone to pick up and move. So then they moved to Short Creek to wait for the end of time. And a lot of people actually left, like a lot of people, the faithful left. There, of quite a bit of people picked up and moved and then only like a few hundred he um it just said that no one like they got out like they just left didn't do anymore so 
that's a lot of people still. Yeah, most of them went with. And it goes back to Rebecca talking about how, like, she noticed that because she is the prophet's wife and was her his favorite wife. She noticed how Warren was super manipulative and was sketchy, and she just goes on and talks about it. So it goes back to Rebecca, and she goes, um, how Warren really caught a lot more followers is he really, um, how do I suppose? Instead of having one to two, three, one, two, or three weddings a weekend, it turned out like per month. five to eight marriages a day but the girls were getting younger and super younger so you can go so the 16 year olds one week they're all there they all get married off then what do you have to do you go to the 15 year olds they get sold you go to the 14 13 12 11 10 like girls were being married off at age 10 and under And how Warren really controlled the men of the population and the women. He controlled everyone this way. That the more faithful men had more wives. Because Warren would just give them a beautiful young bride. It's a blessing. Then it goes on to how like little and young the kids are. And then, I don't want to say this word, Alicia, Rebecca's younger sister, was married off to her cousin, their cousin, I think Alan? She was 14 at the age of marriage. It is Alan. Um, Alicia, she was super resistant to the marriage. It goes on to really talk about her now. She didn't want to do it. Um... They got married, and she goes on how, like, she openly expressed, like, I do not want to get married, you cannot force me to get married, but, of course, it's that society, so she can't get forced to marry, so she goes on to, and it goes to talk about Alan. Alan Steed. And then it says Alicia hated him ever since she was little and they knew each other. She hated him. And then it panned on to pictures of him and her. And then it goes into the whole school thing and what they learned. They learned that marriage is obedience and that you have to do everything your husband says. But she's so young that she never got the talk of how to have a child and what you do as husband and wife normally so she knew what the she knew what sex like the word sex was she didn't know what the word was meant to be about like she didn't know what it was about she never talked about anything Um, just like her sister, Annalisa, she was very defiant and 
she didn't want the marriage to happen. So up until about like a couple minutes before she was actually married, she was super defiant and said no. She tried. She was super defiant and then she refused to say her vows. She refused to do anything. It's a 14 year old, refused to do everything. And then Warren was there and he was getting tired of it. So he just asked her mom to stand next to her and then her mom squeezed her hand. And she just did it with tears streaming down her face. That's what they were talking about. She got married forcefully. She wasn't happy about it. Um, this shows a picture of her and Alan and she just does not look comfortable. They moved into a house. Moved into the house near the creek. Um, Rebecca lived actually nearby because she was still married to the prophet because he has yet to die. And they're less than about 10 minutes apart, I think. And Alicia admits that Alan was abusive to her, sexually abusive to her in the very beginning. She was, she was very vocal about it, of not wanting to have sex, not wanting to have family with him. She had, she had to have a sexual relationship with him, and she did say that it was rape. She asked Warren if she can like get out of this abusive relationship and then Warren just went, you need to give your husband your body, soul, and mind and don't come back. And then, oops. Two thousand two, Rulon Jeffs died. And then the whole community was shaken about it. He was 92. It was back to Rebecca and she goes, I was scared because her husband died. The prophet died and she had a pretty, pretty, not that difficult time with him because he was so old that like, she really, I'm so mean to say this, but she had it easier than her sister, if that makes sense. And she was scared. Because Warren was in charge of the society, and he was Top Gun now. Commercial break. The whole, um, society like went to Warren no more Rulon's um funeral and everyone appeared and said goodbye and like the whole entire town like the whole entire society came and said goodbye and there's like it there's a lot of people People started, not people, but Rebecca started really questioning about stuff like, how can he die? That's not true. Like, that's not right. 
because he was supposed to bring back Jesus. He was supposed to see Jesus. He was supposed to live forever. He was supposed to become immortal and be young again and all this fun stuff. And his wife was supposed to, you know, be happy with him. And it was anything but that with her. So she started questioning everything about the society and asking why. She was taught that it had a lot more faith that he would live longer and that he would be young again. And then Orange really, really manipulated them into saying you didn't have enough faith in him because he died. Essentially, if they had more faith in him, he would have lived forever. But he was 90 years old. And then Warren took his move and Warren took um, weed, but he didn't do it instantly. He took it like he was super calculated. Why did I say it like that? Calculated with it. And he was one one move ahead of everyone else type of guy. He knew exactly like what he was going to do, what not he was going to do. He, um, she was on to say like, he was super subtle about it. Like, he didn't just jump in. Uh, he was subtle about it. But he was aggressive about it. And then she actually gives him credit for being a genius. She says he's diabolic. diabolically genius. By the time Warren, not Warren, sorry, Ron died, um, Sam Bowers admits that. Warren was untouchable, like he couldn't touch him, and that he had such a big following. And then he declared himself the prophet of the FLDS. He kicked many people out of the church, and he he would kick out like twenty one people at the time. So, and then it's, it, they show a clip of him actually talking, and it goes, The only men that become gods in the eternal world are those that live plural marriages properly. So, essentially what that means is that if you don't have two or more wives, then you're not going to be a god in the eternal world. And then it talks about Andrew again. He said that um, as a child he was beat with the ruler or yardstick because it turned into like a Simon's lead or something. He goes that men in the church were getting the adult version of getting like beat. And, but it's not like the same like actually getting hit with a stick. It was more or less the guys would go to work in the morning and then that evening their wife would be gone, their kids would be gone, and like their stuff would be all over the like the front porch and they wouldn't have he wouldn't have a life anymore and exactly one day and there was no trial there's no explain there's like no no way how to fight it
it goes on to say like uh crick small crick has changed forever Warren really and then Rebecca goes back to saying he's not a stupid man like Warren is not stupid that's why he's so dangerous She goes about like how he controlled people. He had just enough like information about them that made them uncomfortable. That's why they always obeyed him. She was 26 and a widow. And she was very vulnerable. She didn't she yeah, she didn't have her husband as a protection. And Warren was the man. And then Rebecca admits that she was fearful because she was scared that the 60 plus wives were going to be remarried and that she wouldn't get so lucky next time. Rebecca was actually fearful that Warren would marry her, like she would be forced to marry him. And then. Warren just Jeff really wasted no time marrying people off. He started marrying off the widows and Rebecca got super scared more. And then she would notice how um like one of the wives would be mirrored off and then she'd be walking behind to walk behind Warren. So if you think about this, Warren is the prophet's son. So Rulan had a son, and that's Warren. And Warren is marrying off the prophet's wives. So his moms, his <laughs> 60 plus moms, he's marrying off his moms, but then also marrying his moms because he's marrying his dad's ex-widows, no, his widows, the widows, but then he's marrying his mom's, but then that's just more confusing because, so basically, Warren is marrying his mom's. And then Rebecca admits that it felt like being sent to auction. Warren does not like Rebecca, and she didn't want to be next. She was scared of like how Warren treated his wife, his wife's and family, and she didn't want to be part of it. Ooh, one day Rebecca and Ben, her new friend, were hiking in Short Creek, and they were very close. Someone saw them making out on the hike trail. And then Rebecca lands herself in Warren's office once again. Warren talks to her and says, I detect the seeds of apostasy in you. Which means 
basically means that it's by far the worst axe that you could ever do. It's next to, it's next to murder. And then Warren issued the order that she should be repaired. In a week. She begged and she didn't want to do it. And he pulled the guide card and was like, that's what he wants. And he points, Warren points his finger at her and goes, I will break you. Which is insane. For that guy, it doesn't want to marry, so she takes the biggest risk of her life and she fled, like she flees from the um, FDLS and then goes to Oregon with one of her brothers who agrees to take her in and um, support her for a little while. And just like any other scary moment, um, Rebecca begins to think, like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I fix this? She starts freaking out in the car with Ben because, oh yeah, Ben decides to, um, uh, he decides to drive her, so he, um, takes her away to Oregon and she starts freaking out and looks at the time and goes, oh, like, if, sorry, if I leave now, if we turn back right now, I could make it bef um, for Sunday, Sunday morning classes before anyone, like, no one else would even notice. But then, of course, reality again sets in and she goes, I'm not doing that. I'm going to brace my new life. So then they drive um, to Oregon and just, and she lives there for a little while. They drove 22 hours to Oregon. And then she talks about um, how she want, she left FTS and she has a smile, like a massive smile on her face the entire time she's talking about it. She talks about how like it's a culture shock because her hair was almost turned easily. Like, she had really long hair. She only wore long dresses and seeing these people with short hair, short fur clothes, like, it was like a culture shock for her. It goes from Rebecca super happy in Oregon to Elise, but I've been saying her name wrong this whole entire time, this whole entire time. But it talks about how Elise was mentally, physically, verbally, sexually abused by her husband, Alan. And then... She and Rebecca were covertly talking to each other and she found out that she wasn't dead and she wasn't wicked and lightning didn't come down and strike her. Struck her. Elise instantly sees that there is a life he can have. She's 17 now. Elisa left him. She went to Oregon too. Stop talking about the two girls and talks about Warren actually. He has two lawsuits now. What is it? It's called the Lost Boys case. Oh. Like kids were thrown out of the church because 
because um, clothes were cleaning that they were thrown out of the community. And then another one is um, Warren Jeff, sexually abused young boy. That's sad. It was in 2004, Lisa left. And everything just got worse for the uh, society. Um, more marriages were being arranged, arranged, and now it's like professing girls. They're so much younger than before. Oh my gosh. So basically, a six-year-old would be married to a, a 40-year-old. Like, that's how bad it was now. Rebecca gets a phone call from one of the, um, uh, FDLS. Like members and she the person on the phone uh, tells Rebecca that she has two York sisters and that Rebecca needs to stop this and she should bring charges against Warren but Rebecca has trouble with that because she's like yeah I want Warren to stop but do I want to be that person that stops him like is that such a good idea uh, it goes on to say that like Rebecca leaving the FDLS was like the hardest thing she could do because she misses her family. She wants to help them, but she really doesn't know how to help them because she doesn't want to be that one person. Rebecca sleeps on it for actually a couple, couple days and she actually uh, decides to be that person. So Rebecca and her brother uh, ask Lisa because she has a very strong case to speak and ch pull charges against Warren because of Lisa's um, testimony and allocutions, uh, Warren was arrested and um, accused of rapes, two rapes, rapes of accomplice. During that time, the prophet disappeared. He left. They couldn't find him anymore. That will conclude it for this episode. We have hit the 40 minute mark and halfway through the episode, I will end this podcast here and pick up on it tomorrow. I thank you all for listening and I hope you enjoy. Goodbye.